All right, guys, today is going to be a good day on this Facebook live stream today. Your business is boring, but that doesn't mean that your copy and your ads have to be. When you use humor, you can get people to pay attention. When you get people to pay attention, you can get them to buy things. Today, we are talking with Daniel Harmer, co-owner of the Harmon Brothers Advertising Agency. You might know the Harmon Brothers from videos that have racked up over 1.2 billion views and helped produce over $3 million in direct tracked sales. On today's show, we're going to be going over some pointers that are going to help you and your boring business to create great and hopefully humorous content focused on converting sales. And we're going to be giving away a copy of the Poop to Gold book, a wonderful best-selling book by the Harmon Brothers about their marketing method. Stay tuned. It is time for the Marketing for Your Boring Business live show and podcast. Welcome to Marketing for Your Boring Business, presented by All-in-One Social Media, where marketing professionals and industry leaders discuss what you can do to help your message get seen in a cluttered newsfeed. Join us each week to learn more about social media, online marketing, trending topics, and tips to grow your online marketing efforts. Now here's your host, Desiree Martinez. Welcome to the Marketing for Your Boring Business live show and podcast. Like the introduction says, my name is Desiree and I am the host of your show, to help you make sure that your message gets seen in that cluttered newsfeed. We are here every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And if you are watching us over on Facebook, do me a favor. You're gonna wanna type boring into the comment section now to subscribe to our show. But more importantly for today, it is so that you can enter to win your very own copy of From Poop to Gold, The Marketing Magic of the Harmon Brothers. This book is absolutely excellent. I love it. I have read it and I cannot wait to talk to Daniel about it more. If you're watching over on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you hit that subscribe button now so that you can get this new episode every single week. If you're watching this live, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here. And hey, even if you're on the replay, do me a favor. If you have any questions during today's show, please let us know down in the comment section and I will make sure that they get answered by me a member of Daniel's team, or maybe even if we're lucky, Daniel himself. So before we dive into the bio for Daniel, I have actually a really funny story that I've actually told them, uh, I've told Daniel about, but I had to bring it in here. So back in 2011, when I was still sort of a newer social media marketer, I was in a meeting for this boutique online platform that was focused on connecting hikers and outdoorsy athletic people um, to do in real life networking and connecting and all that kind of stuff. Well, the more that they were talking about their vision and the more they kept talking about what they wanted, this script and this video came into my brain with someone named Austin Craig starring in it. Now, what does Austin have to do with any of this? Well, he was actually the face of a very hilarious viral video for a company called Aura Breast, which I had found myself watching over and over again. And obviously I bought and Ultimately, this company ended up working with Austin to help promote their company with the script and direction that I had put together. And so what, what in the world does Orabrush have to do with anything? Well, Orabrush was the first video that the Harmon Brothers ever did. In fact, this was one of the first videos that they had done before Harmon Brothers even existed, before they had a method and a plan and a book and all of these great things that they've done. So let's bring Daniel onto the show and we can talk all about this goodness. Welcome onto the show, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I'm going to dive into this, you know, really hard. Actually, you know what? Let me read your bio first. Daniel Harmon is the co-founder and chief creative officer of the Harmon Brothers, a Provo, Utah-based ad agency behind the most viral ads in internet history. Under the creative direction, the agency's groundbreaking ads have collectively driven more than 1 billion views and over $300 million in sales. In 2013, as the co-founder of the Harmon Brothers, Daniel has helped write and creatively direct campaigns for Poopery that revolutionize the way that products are marketed. They've also done things like advertising blockbuster commercials like Squatty Potty, Purple Mattresses, Chatbooks, Fiber Fix, and of course, Poopery. He's also the host and creative teacher over at the Harmon Brothers University, a new school for creators seeking to learn the Harmon brother's method. He also believes his greatest accomplishment is being married to his beautiful wife and raising their wonderful six children. So Daniel, 
What do you think it is about humor that makes people want to buy things? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, it's a little bit loaded <laughs> because I actually- <laughs> No pressure, right out I of that, right? <laughs> it's, it's indirect is what I would say. So um, I don't necessarily think the humor is what makes people want to buy things. Mm -hmm. I know it's kind of scary for me to say that, but um, it, I think the humor entertains people to a point where, where you can then get across a message that is more likely to make them, to make them want to buy, if that makes sense. So meaning you need to be able to get their attention in the first place. Okay. So yes, humor is an avenue to get there. Um, but um, I don't know that necessarily tickling someone's funny bone is always the best thing to get them to want to buy. Like, for example, if we take purple, um, okay. the purple mattress video with the eggs that come down. Um, yes, uh, there's a lot of humor and stuff in the way it's portrayed, but the actual messages that are coming across um, are, are much more direct and uh, relatable in the sense of like, oh, are you experiencing pain in your pressure points? Or is your back, is your back not supported well enough? Like that's the stuff that actually is selling people even more than necessarily the jokes are. Now, okay. we obviously use humor um, as a very effective tool in advertising to keep people interested, to help them want to follow a story and, and to make things stick in their mind a lot. Um, but, but when it comes down to so, so much of the effective selling we've done has been in being able to demonstrate um, the product or the service in a very clear way so that people get it, so that they can understand how it solves a problem for them. And then um, the humor is much more of like a canvas that we paint on okay. than it is actually like the sales language that drives things home. Does that make sense? I think that makes perfect sense, especially when you look at things, you know, like, <laughs> like poopery where it's like, it's this beautiful woman who's talking about something that's um, something we all do. That's also something that's super gross, but it's using the humor to draw them into the solution. The solution makes so much sense and it's explained in a very relatable, easy way. And I love how you just said that it's about explaining what they, what the product does simply, but effectively. And I think humor funnels people into listening to that explanation. Absolutely. And I think it's also an encouraging thing that if you realize that if your message is very clear um, and it has that relatability, and if you're actually hitting on a problem that someone else is encountering, mm -hmm. then I think you could sell, you can make a very compelling case for yourself and you don't have to be outrageously funny to get there to do it. Now, obviously it can be, it's very effective if you can add that element to it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the starting point. Um, if I, if you, let's take poopery for example, which you mentioned, okay. um, Desiree. So, um, one of the most powerful moments in the video is isn't necessarily where it's like the biggest laugh, but when she holds up those cards and shows the demonstration of how the film develops on the water surface and it traps those odors underneath, mm -hmm. that is like um, a big aha for people of like, okay, this is how it actually works. And obviously she's delivering that with funny lines, but if when we when we watch people and when they're watching that part of the video, they're not usually laughing out loud as much as they're just really engaged. Oh, okay. It's very clear in what it's communicating to them. Um, and yes, she says some funny lines in there that have like some double entendre and that kind of thing. But mostly what it's doing is like, oh, I can see how that would work. But if you spray that on the top of the water, then it creates a film and then as you know, your poop enters the water, those odors are trapped underneath the surface. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, we're talking about something graphic. It's kind of funny that we're talking about it that clearly and that openly, mm -hmm. but that that's really what demonstrates and, and makes people believe that poopery is going to work for them much more than her just saying it's going to the fact that she, she describes it in that kind of like scientific detail. And I'd say the same thing goes for purple. Yeah, I think it goes like honestly for for any products. So like I said, if we tailor this back to our boring businesses, mm -hmm. who you know are dentists and roofers and plumbers and just normal people, a lot of the things that they're fixing and helping people with 
aren't aren't always very nice. Like when you're a chiropractor, you're helping people who are in pain. When right. you're dealing with plumbing, you're prop like I always feel like plumbing like the people that are going to plumbing are having two major problems. Like something's wrong with their toilet or there's water everywhere, yeah. which is again, really messy and probably not very pleasant a lot of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's finding a way to like make fun of the problem to get their attention, but then it's your job to explain it simply. It sounds like. Yes, very much. So like if you, if you're going to do a balancing act of like, okay, how much do I, how much do I focus in on making this funny versus how much do I focus in on making it really clear? You always want to err on the side of clarity. We sacrifice, we, we cut jokes all the time that are not helping the clarity of the message. And so I would say it's more important to make sure your message is very clear from the get-go and then use the humor to aid that along once you've got that really, really nailed down. And that's what a lot of the, the clients that come to us are wanting is that ultimately they know they've got a really cool story to tell, but they're looking for someone that can tell it clearly and then entertain at the same time. And um, that's kind of been, that's kind of been our, our niche, right? Is to go into that area and to break things down that are maybe more complex and make them more simple or um, something that's really boring and make it much more interesting. Humor obviously plays a huge role in that or something that's a taboo and make it safe. And humor is a great tool for all those things. I always thought, and, I, and maybe this is something that we just need to put into the universe together, Daniel. I've always thought that someone needs to do a video that's totally funny based about how dentists always talk to you when their, hand, your, their hands are in your mouth. Yes. Yeah, and somehow sure. they just like magically understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, you're you you're bringing up a really good point, right? That every industry, like a dentist or a roofer or a plumber or any of these different industries, they have different stereotypes that um, are associated with that profession. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool is that if you can hone in on those and make make fun of them and kind of make fun of yourself. Um, that's that's really relatable to people, right? Because most most people have interacted with the dentist and had the whole conversation with stuff in your mouth. Like, really, you expect me to talk while you're drilling? <laughs> so usually not while they're drilling, but you get the point of like, well, you're in here working. I'm supposed to be like, yeah, it's a good weekend and all that kind of thing. No, it's, it just, <laughs> it's like everyone can relate with that. And you could push that to the extreme. Like, how how far can you push that concept before it kind of breaks down and becomes you know, maybe not as relatable, but, um, but that, that's one really good tool. Or let's say for, um, for like a plumber getting down into, you know, the nasty places with, I don't know what tool they use. It's like a, it's like a snake, a snake. thing. Yeah. that yeah. goes down in there. Like there's maybe stuff that, that could be, um, that could be had with that. Um, there's obviously safety issues that could be kind of funny to play with when it comes to someone that's working up on a roof all the time. <laughs> um, there's all sorts of, of, funny stuff I think out there just all around us and even the things that most people would consider boring. Well, and if you think about it too, a lot of the products that you work with are are fairly normal. I mean, squatty potty may not be normal, but it's solving problems. You know, like yeah. I said, poopery, it solves the problem of like, you know, you everyone goes to the bathroom, but they don't want to be rude to other people that are, are there. How can we fix that? You know, squatty yeah. potty. A lot of people have issues with going to the bathroom. This is a very simple thing that you can use to help you with this problem. Chat books, which I which I love as a mother, is the most relatable thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> chat books is you have all of these pictures on your phone you're taking constantly, but you never really get to enjoy them. Why not just get them automatically printed every single month? Like it's it's think it's just a matter of like really understanding that like what you do is ordinary and basic and but it solves a problem yeah. how can you tell that story in a way that's going to capture people's attention yeah yeah it's i mean a lot of the basis of what we look for in a concept is you want something that is surprising but fitting and okay. so let's take for example um the chatbooks mom she it, it was very fitting because you've got a mom in um, a setting where she just doesn't have enough time. She's got enough craziness going on with her family as it is. And, and um, so that, that was a very fitting example, right? And a mom would be a really good user of someone that wants a 
wants a book printed of all the photos that she's got on her phone or on Instagram or whatever. But it's also surprising in the way that we dealt with it because um, we really dove into kind of the craziness of mom life, mom life and push that to the extreme. So for example, you know, starting out in a bathtub where she looks like she's taking this relaxed bubble bath, but, uh, but really she's timing her son holding his breath because <laughs> that's a cool thing for him. And then, um, you know, she's all these craziness going on in the kitchen where she's pulling, you know, forks and stuff out of the disposal, speaking of a plumber. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, you know, there's this hedgehog down in the sink and stuff that her son's lost. Like she's having this moment of frustration with her computer where she just is literally taking a hammer to it because she's so sick of, um, you know, trying to format her, her photo book all perfectly. So all, all these things are kind of add an element of surprise, but they're all, they all kind of have a little bit of a basis in reality. And um, that's, that's what we see so often when people try to go after marketing with humor is that they focus so much on the comedy that they forget that it still needs to fit what they're doing, right? They, they get the surprise right. Like it's, everybody's like, whoa. But then if it doesn't fit, it's really hard to relate it back to the brand. It's really hard to even attach it to the brand. You don't even remember who the brand was, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's yeah. that combination that makes for, um, kind of makes for the sweet spot. I think that's what we believe. <laughs> I think that that's a really good idea. I love how it, I love that what you said a little bit earlier, it's like you have to exaggerate the mm -hmm. normal. I remember um, watching this interview once from the girl that wrote the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Okay, yeah. She's like, I basically took my life mm -hmm. and like multiplied it by 10 to kind of like dive in the home of like how ridiculous it can be sometimes. Cause I think we've all like been embarrassed by our families and stuff. So I feel like this applies like mom life is like 10. It, it's really frustrating. Like I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I mean, you've got six kids, like you get it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things like it's, it's a lot. And there are just some days where you're just like, I give up. All the all that they, all that can fix the state is Netflix and cookies, and so I think it's about taking that. I love how you do the over dramatic dramatization of it. They think that we, as boring businesses, definitely can do that, and but bring it back in to what you said about how like you still have to convey what you're trying to convey in a simple, easy to understand way. One of the principles that we live by here, Harmon Brothers, something I preach all the time to everybody at um, whether they're an editor, whether they're a writer, whether they're um, a director, anything is push it till you break it. And that's the <laughs> whole thing of, of um, let's, let's really exaggerate it and find that point where everyone's like, nah, I don't believe it anymore. Or like, Oh, you lost me in some way. Right. Um, and then bring it just back below that so that it all of a sudden still has that relatability. And, and the reason that's so important, especially when you are trying to tell a story in video, is although, like, you might not be, um, you might not be the mom that has actually timed her son in the bathtub holding his breath. If you, when when you're watching a video, you're limiting the story down to you're limiting the senses of experiencing something. When we experience something in real life, there's a whole bunch of emotion that comes with that, right? Because we're in that moment. Everything is present where we see it, we smell it, we hear it, we feel it. Everything is there to where we experience something in a, in a kind of a deep emotional way. Uh -huh. But the reason why it's so important, I think, I believe, is in, to do it in video to kind of push it a little bit to the extreme is because now you're limiting the senses down to what, what you can see and what you can hear. Do you think it's do you think it's important that when you're visual when you're talking about like getting the actual purpose of your video across like your per the, like I said I feel like what I've learned from you and your books and you know all this is like humor gets them in but you in order to sell you have to be solving the problem through a very clear yes. message. Do you think that and I, and one of the things I have seen in all of your videos is you guys very clearly illustrate how it works it's almost yes. like like it's like you step away from like the person and the action in the environment yes. and it becomes a literal frame by frame illustration showing how something works yes yes you're bringing up a really good point so why do you think it is that you have to have why why do you think that works what is like the 
what is like your humor selling psychology around that sort of like really stark conversion? So a lot of the basis for that is when I was doing summer sales, um, I, I was, um, I was out in, um, St. Paul area at the time in Minnesota. Um, and I was selling alarm systems door to door for an ADT authorized dealer. And we had, um, we had a sales trainer come out and basically give our office a rundown on like, okay, it was a very, very complex sale. When you're dealing with an alarm system for a house, there's a lot of elements to it. There's door sensors, motion sensors, and your panel that you run everything with. And then you, you know, you activate it with your key fob and all this different things. And it has to, it has to call out to the local um, emergency first responders and all those types of things. So it was a very complex sale that we had to simplify. And the salesman um, said to something that stuck in my mind forever. And this isn't anything exclusive to Harm Brothers, but he said, the confused customer never buys. So if you don't find a way to get the message across very clearly to somebody, it doesn't matter how much you entertain or whatever. If people feel confused as they go to your website or as they're calling you on the phone or whatever it is, um, they are they are going to be much less likely to pull out their credit card or their checkbook than um, than if they just feel like they're clear. Because then, it, if it's clear, they just have to say to themselves, "Oh, I, I get this." Now I just have to decide: is this you know visit from the plumber worth a hundred dollars to me? I don't know. I'm just pulling pulling numbers out. That might be worth <laughs> might be a lot more. But they, if they understand exactly what's going on, then it's just a trade off of value. Oh, is that worth it to me or not? But if if you're sitting there saying to yourself, this might be worth it to me, but I don't really understand if this is going to provide this value. Then, then people are just like, I don't want to mess with it. And they don't want to deal with it. No one, no one has that kind of time. It really is that clarity of the message that has to come across. So if you can, um, if you can have a moment in the video and sometimes um, it's a couple of different moments where you repeat, repeat it, right. In, in squatting pods, let's take, for example, there's a moment where he demonstrates everything with kind of the X-ray view of the unicorn where he's squatting and, and, and um, going to more normal sitting position. Um, but then we have that moment of repetition where it's kink, unkink, kink, unkink, right? Um, yeah. or I, I did the opposite way. It's kink, unkink, kink, unkink as you squat. But um, that, that really kind of drives home this message of like, oh, your colon is actually working against you when you're going to the bathroom when you're in a normal sitting position. And so, yes, you you really kind of, like you said, almost have to break things down in kind of a frame-by-frame frame way of, of what you're doing so that so that it's very clear to the customer. And the I think that the easiest way to do that, I shouldn't say the easiest, the most effective way. Nothing worth doing is very easy. <laughs> but the most effective way is to, like if you write a script, then you read it to somebody. You want to get somebody that has no, that doesn't like know your business, that doesn't know what you do and ask them, is this clear? Is there any part of this that confused you? Mm -hmm. There you go. You're pulling it right up there on the screen where it kind of demonstrates that, right? That This is basically pulling from the video. Um, except it makes the unicorn look a lot creepier here. These aren't ones that we did. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, at any rate, um, so that's, that's kind of what, um, is so essential is that you, you run your script or your video by somebody with fresh eyes, as we call it. And, um, that doesn't have the exposure to your product that isn't like, um, a professional plumber that isn't a, a dentist that isn't even a dental hygienist or anything like that. Just get an everyday person and say, what, what of this is confusing you? And that provides a tremendous amount of insight. Just that one question of like, was, was there anything here in the video that confused you? And, and it helps you get down to so much of it. Yep, there's that kind of demonstration of the. Yeah, of I the always loved world. how all of your videos like pulled you back from the actual actor and what was happening in this scene and just like visually like 2D explained what was happening there. Yeah. I always thought that that was so smart and so easy. And I think that a lot of people underestimate like that. 
I also feel like it's a really big visual change. Like if we're like, it's like we talk about in video all the time, like, you know, you want to jump cut and, and do these things and like zoom in and zoom out and add these things to keep people's attention. I think that it really like by forcing that big difference, it, it really makes people have to pay attention. Oh, for sure. And the data actually supports that, Desiree. What happens is if you watch, if you watch the data on YouTube or on Facebook, they'll show you what are called retention curves, which is basically showing you where your audience, at the start of your video, you've got the most people watching. Well, maybe I'll go reverse just for this. At the start of your video, you've got the most people watching, and then as the timeline moves on, more people drop off, and you can see what we call like a little waterfall moment, where a lot of people will drop off, or where it's sustaining people more over time before more drop off. And one of the things that kind of, Help sustain is definitely like kind of like those graphics when you go in there and really visually demonstrate the, the solution, really visually demonstrate what your product is going to do for them and like why it's going to work. That's um, or how it's going to work. That's 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 really kind of keeps people people's attention really well. In fact, um, the data shows that um, you don't always have to be funny. You just need to be compelling. You need to be engaging. And it, it, sometimes those kinds of things hold people over even than like our best jokes. <laughs> yeah. So you said the data needs to be engaged. The data shows that you need to be engaging. It doesn't mean you have to be funny. It just means that you have to. I think that comes down into like the presentation of your script and putting things That's together. Right. And I think that that is a a totally like different conversation because we're focusing on like how to create content that's humor. Sorry, I totally de like derailed us there because I was talking about like construction of videos, but I nerd out over that stuff. So I couldn't get it. So, all right. All right, guys, we are talking with Daniel Harmon today about how you can create funny content for your business, no matter what it is, no matter how boring you think you are, that is going to help you make sales. Now, I'm going to take a little break here. We're going to talk about our sponsor, Ascendable. Again, we've been talking about humor and storytelling and making sales. And as you know, social media is a huge part of any distribution strategy to make sure that your funny message is getting out there. How are you supposed to make sure that it's getting anywhere? How do you know what is or isn't working? And what makes sure that you are engaging with those comments and those shares? Well, that's why you're going to need Sendable. Sendable is going to allow for you to share those funny stories, videos, images, and GIFs to all of the social media places, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You're able to track your conversations, run reports, and engage with comments, hashtags, and more. This is the official social media software of the Element Social Media team. And we have tested a lot of social media softwares over the past eight or nine years. And we always come back to Sendable because it really is the easiest and most comprehensive tool that is out there. You can get a 30-day free trial if you click the link above. Now, again, like I said, we are talking with Daniel Harmon about how you can use humor to create content that sells. And I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you to type boring right now into the comment section. You can enter to win a, your very own copy of From Poop to Gold, which is the marketing magic of the Harmon Brothers. I've read it, and it really is truly magical. All right, Daniel, I'm going to bring Daniel back on. We're going to talk a little bit more about things, but this time I have some user questions. So I went to the Facebook, and I sort of crowdsourced some questions ahead of time, and we're going to dive into those. All right, so Gail wants to know about the brainstorming process. What ideas didn't make the cut that you guys thought were gonna be really great for some of your products? And what were some of the expected results versus the actual results for some of the campaigns that you have worked on? Okay, that's like three questions. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Let's, let's, break, let's break them down one by one. Let's just yeah. talk about some ideas that, that didn't, didn't make the cut. The cut. Um, Okay, so one of the first ideas that won't make the cut is anytime we have a joke that we feel like distracts the customer. Okay. If, if, it, if, if it's a tangent that we feel like pulls, confuses them or distracts them in a way that they can't focus on what really matters, then we're going to cut that kind of a joke out. Um, as far as the brainstorming process goes, let's just take Squatty Potty. We ended up with a, um, a unicorn that poops rainbow ice cream. It okay. didn't start that way. 
Um, <laughs> Wait, you don't just think about unicorns all the time? <laughs> no, we don't start. Well, ultimately, Squatty Potty approached us because they wanted to be able to demonstrate their product in a way that wasn't too gross for TV. Okay. They'd, they had approached like QVC, I think, uh, the Home Shopping Network. I can't remember what it was, but one. Of the, well, weren't they one like? Weren't they on Shark Tank and the, they, they got were on Shark them. Tank? They had a huge sales from that. Lori invested in them. She had the connections into like um, the QVC type stuff, but mm -hmm. they were they were always just like, oh, the products like it's too gross to talk about the colon on TV. We can't do that. So Sporting <laughs> Potty came to us and said, okay, how can we make this taboo more of like an acceptable thing to talk about over the dinner table? Yeah. Kind of like we had done with Poopery. And um, so my brother Jeffrey is a co-founder of Harmer Brothers. He um, was like, okay, what's like poop, but isn't at all. <laughs> um, and meaning like what would what would be something where you could talk about poop in a way that it kind of makes sense, but you don't have to be grossed out. And so that's kind of where the idea for a soft serve ice cream came in. Oh, like ice cream's kind of got the consistency of poop. But everyone loves ice cream, right? And then some of the ideas that were thrown away were like, okay, let's do this out of a, like a soft serve machine that goes through like a man to like demonstrate it. Not like a real man, but like a, like a robotic man. They're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then we also thought, okay, if, it, if this was to come from not a person, but like if, let's, so if we're gonna remove, remove from poop and go to ice cream, then maybe we can remove from a human and go to a different character that can represent a human. We're like, okay, what would be a character that would do that? Okay, maybe a unicorn would. Um, but some of the other ideas we tossed around were like, oh, could it be pudding? Pudding has all sorts of problems with it because <laughs> most flavors that you think of pudding coming in, well, ice cream's probably the same way, but that's why we went rainbow. But pudding is like chocolate, you know, banana, pistachio. As you can see, any of those colors would have problems. Exactly. <laughs> when talking about poop. Um, the other one was we thought about using a, like a really well hedged bush that looks like kind of the, the thinking man position and having okay. like a, a hose that runs through it to represent the colon and showing a kink and an unkink of a hose and water flowing through. But then it's like, Water isn't really poop, you know. It wasn't a directive enough uh, mm -hmm. of a comparison. So some of the, those are some of the ideas we went through. We even talked about having the unicorn um, be uh, like on the back of a food truck. That it was like this giant, like Clydesdale unicorn. And there's a guy out in a big city selling ice cream cones to kids out of this big unicorn. It, all these terrible things <laughs> that we thought of. Um, did not make the cut. And ultimately, that's why um, when our lead writer brought in the idea of like, okay, if it's going to be a unicorn, then we need to be in a fantasy world. Okay. And it needs to be a prince. And that's where it all kind of fits together. Um, and so those How are some of the things. How long do you think it took to come up with that? Like, obviously, I'm guessing a, a serious amount of time, like going through all these iterations. Yeah, it was, um, we had been sitting on that idea uh, basically the metaphor of an ice cream for poop um, in some way for probably before we came to the writing retreat, we'd probably been kicking it around in one form or another for at least three weeks, maybe a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so and I don't know how happen, long. It, guys. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Sorry. What was that? So these things don't just happen. <laughs> no, they don't. And I can't remember exactly. It might've been like three weeks, but yeah, it was, it was a number of weeks where I was kind of working on my script. My brother Jeffrey was working on his and, our, our lead writer, Dave, was working on his as well. He was the one that brought in this idea of let's put it in the fantasy world. Let's have the, the spokesperson be actually actually be a, a prince. There are a lot of problems around the spokesperson being the unicorn, right? Like yeah. if you're going to have a puppet, like how much are people going to watch a puppet for a full, you know, two, three minute video? And so we ultimately wanted that to be a human mm -hmm. of some kind. And... Um, yeah, so there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of the process. That's some of the ideas that didn't make the cut. We had we basically gone through that same thing with every single one of our videos, of where there's been a bunch of things that didn't do it. Okay, what was the expected result versus the real results? Okay, yeah. the the expected result with Squatty Potty was to, if we're just gonna stay with that, um, was to be able to make a uh, it's safe to talk about 
colon health, right? Okay. Of, of, of pooping posture. The, the actual result was exactly that, where people were, were now talking about the squatty potty. It became kind of a pop culture thing. Like the actual result was way better than we thought in the sense that like, we thought if we could, um, if we could spend money behind the campaign that we would kind of like Aura Brush, Aura Brush I think has somewhere over the, over like 25 million views, but those came over the course of like three or four years mm-hmm. of spending against that. We thought maybe we could have a similar type of result like that with Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty, the actual result was 25 million views in one week. Yeah. Like blew, blew our minds, right? In the way that it went viral, got picked up all over the press, all that type of thing, like completely changed Squatty Potty's world, changed our world as well. Um, and and so that was a huge deal. Like we, we wanted to be able to show them that we could, I, I think we were hoping to kind of like double their sales over time. That was kind mm-hmm. of, I think, a little bit of an expected result. It's like, oh, sure, certainly they can double their business from where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. It's not that niche of a product. There's got to be more people that can do it. We didn't expect it would be like, you know, a jump of a $7 million annual run rate all the way to a $30 million annual run rate. That was like much bigger than expected, right? That had a sort of hard precedence though for you guys too. Like it just almost like became like your standard. Like how do you how do you beat that? You don't. (laughs) (laughs) So that's actually really good. Does that mean you go into every new company or product like knowing like this is why it's important to identify what results we want and anything beyond that is just very much delivery. Set the proper expectations out of the gate that um, you're you're probably so. Back when we released on Facebook for some context, their algorithm, meaning what was allowed to be seen in your Facebook feed, was much less restricted than what it is now. Okay. And so something like it's like Squatty Potty, Potty could be shared all over the place as an ad, um, but without being held back. Whereas now Facebook, they make their money based on advertisers like us spending to have that video in front of people's eyeballs. Yeah. So if they just let everything go out there just the same, any advertiser's content be treated the same as like if you, you and I are posting as friends, then their their business model, you see how that can kind of break down for them. They, they make money by people paying to be in front of other people, just yeah. kind of like on TV or anything else, right? Got and it. so the algorithm no longer allows for stuff to go viral in the way it did before like at least from a business that could actually spend some money behind it. Right. Yeah. Um, there are exceptions. There are rare exceptions. We usually say, don't, don't go for viral, make it good enough that it doesn't have to be viral. Yeah. And that's, that's what, excuse me. That's what we tell our clients right out of the gate is um, like in, in, in traditional advertising. If you, if you do a campaign, like a 25% increase in sales, that'd be a very, very um, strong campaign, right? Yeah. And obviously we're approaching a lot of businesses that are in a different stage of growth. And so they're wanting something more like, like some of them are looking to increase sales by 50% or as much as like a hundred percent. But if they've got expectations of going like, you know, squatting potty kind of level, purple kind of level, we usually are just like, you know what? It can happen, but we're not going to guarantee that at all much more predictable, much more sustainable would be this kind of a thing. And that's usually how, usually how it ends up panning out. It was like when you do marketing campaigns, you're not usually looking to have a grand slam. Yeah. If you, if you can get on base, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> just, just concentrate on those base hits. And that's, yeah. that's great. And that means you, you brought back in at least as much money as you spent, if not more, You've, you've grown your business incrementally in a way that makes more sense. It's, it's a little bit take the pressures off, off of yourself to to explode like that because most people can't even really handle that kind of growth, especially if it's talking terms of plumbers and roofers and dentists and stuff. You can't you can't have twenty times your customers walking through the door the next day. You just can't even handle that. No. You're not set up for it, right? Yeah, you have to anticipate and be prepared for that slow growth. Like I yeah. remember, I remember once um, I was reading about. Um, the, the woman that invented Spanx okay, and yeah. mm-hmm. Oprah contacted her, like the, the Oprah people contacted her ahead of time, like, hey, saying Oprah wants to feature you. That's right. Are you ready for this? Are you okay with this? Like, do you have the like the inventory because of the Oprah effect? And yeah. it was this idea. It's like, I, one, give a lot of kudos to the Oprah people, like not like 
slamming this woman like unexpectedly, but uh, you know, too, like her having to like really like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And like, here's what I need to go do to make this happen yeah. sort of the thing. So you definitely want to make sure that if you're ready to like, if you're going to scale 20, even just 25%, like you're ready for it. Yeah. Make sure you're ready to deliver on that. Cause that can sour things to your brand pretty quick. If you, if yes. they, you have a bunch of unfulfilled orders. Yes. Okay. So Amani wants to know what tips do you have for people who aren't really funny? That's a great <laughs> question. That's awesome. So I would say here's the two tips that I would okay. go with. A, narrow, nail the clarity of your message first. Make sure you have a very clear kind of sale where you're being able to identify the people, the problem that your customers have, and how you're solving that for them. Get that all really clear first, and you might already have enough traction out in the marketplace that you have you have signals from customers of what that what that is, what that message is. So that's step one. Step two is find something funnier than find someone funnier than you are. And, <laughs> okay, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Something or someone. Someone. Or I would find okay. find someone okay. funnier than you are. Okay. Um, and hire them to come in and spice up your script. So that is the Aura Brush video. Um, my brother Jeffrey had written, um, ha had written like the backbone of the script. And then he came in, well, he approached his roommate who was really funny, who did stand up and improv and that kind of thing and had him come in and funny the script up. Okay. Um, and, and essentially that's a model that we repeat over and over again here where, um, we think it is easier to teach a, it's easier to teach um, a comedian to be a marketer than it is to teach a marketer to be a comedian. Because okay. usually funny is developed over a lifetime, right? It comes from family culture. It comes sometimes from people um, getting made fun of, in all honesty, um, a lot. And, and where they grew up in a really rough background, they, and they use humor to deal with it. Um but comedians especially, they go to open mics to test jokes all the time. They're used to just writing and, oh, that's not funny. Okay, I'll write the next one. And it's so much more efficient to bring in someone that's funny, whether it's like, I don't know if that's a, a cousin or a friend or much, much better if you have an actual someone that's, you know, goes, gets paid to do comedy at some point. Most of those people are looking for work <laughs> they like com comedians generally aren't making a living as comedians yeah. um, a lot of them are the same as actors or something they're, they've got some sort of a side hustle whether it's waiting tables or whatever they're doing they've got their regular job and then they're doing comedy as a passion but if they can actually get paid to do that um that's like you know world changing for them and so i would say go after um a local comedian of some kind and or reach out to someone that you find is very funny on like Instagram or Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, YouTube. See if they're, they're open. To they're you really out. easy to find, guys, because they <laughs> want to be seen. <laughs> no, yeah, they're they, they are out there. But if you can kind of um, pull, um, it, it, if you can kind of pull the expertise of the comedy world and mix it with your world, I think mm -hmm. you're going to be light years ahead. Of of trying to write a bazillion jokes yourself and maybe come up with ten good ones, you know. Okay, so is there a third, or is it just those two? It's just mostly those two. To get the okay. clarity of your message down pat first, and then bring in bring in a comedian to make it funnier. Okay, and then I guess if they can, uh, if you make it, you want to make it clear enough for them, I guess to to deliver the the joke, yeah. right? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then we have a question from Shelly and she's like, were you afraid to do these commercials? And if so, how did you overcome that fear? And, and obviously I would like to think you're glad you did it, but are you glad that you did it? Yeah, we've, I don't think there's, um, I don't think there's been any of the concepts that were kind of nerve wracking that we've done that have it. We, we don't, that we felt like we were, you know, we regretted doing. I feel, feel like all of them we've been like, oh, that paid off in some way. There's some of them where we've had learnings of like, that could have been better if we would have done it this way and that kind of thing. But like some of the big the big chances that we took were were Squatty Potty and and Poopery. Covenant Eyes is a more recent one that we did um, that was a big, big risk. Um, and if you look, that, that's um, a 
it's a software that helps people that are trying to kick a porn habit. And um, it's a really controversial topic, right? And just yeah. going into that taboo space was kind of scary. But the way we approached it, I was really proud of, of the way it turned out and um, really happy with um, the results and stuff and the reaction to the campaign. And ultimately, um, um, yes, like I, I feel like creativity is inherently risky. That's yeah. just kind of the nature of it. Anytime you're doing something creative, it means you're doing something that, that hasn't really been done before in some way. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, it, yeah, you want to put yourself out there and, and take that risk. Um, and it, it can pay off in a big way. But li like I said, I, I would still start from the basis of, is this going to communicate clearly? Um, for those of you that haven't read the book, in addition to for Poopy Gold, obviously, <laughs> but if you haven't read the book, um, Building a Story Brand, by Donald Miller. I highly recommend that one. That one talks a lot about getting your message to be to be very clear. Um, that's that's um, good. Another one, uh, another really good one that I like um, is called Made to Stick, and that's about making your um, your message much more concrete in people's minds, like taking something that's maybe more abstract and making it making it much more um, much more memorable. Okay. So I have one, I would like to know as a marketer myself, who's always in the space of creating other marketing content for other people, yeah. how do you keep telling your message? So I feel like with Squatty Potty and Poopery and, um, you know, purple and stuff, you get, they, you keep using that commercial yeah. over and over and over again. Like it's still, it still works like two and three and four years after. I know that Poopery yeah. actually did a second round a few years yeah. later with the same thing. I think they had like new smells or something. Yeah. Um, but for us mere mortals of boring businesses, how do we keep, keep up the funny, keep up the message, keep up the clarity, keep, keep getting that message over and over and over again without like getting burnt out or getting our, letting our audience get burnt out on our message. Yeah. Yeah. You need something something fresh to say, right? So there's, nah. a, there's a couple different ways. Sometimes you have an ad that you will address the topic um, with a slightly new twist on it. With um, the Squatty Potty video where we have the dragon, the gold, that one has about 40 million views on it on Facebook. On that one, there's a lot of focus on the fact that a lot of people will use a Squatty Potty that never even have a health difficulty of any kind. It's just a more enjoyable, healthier way to poop. They don't necessarily have to be dealing with hemorrhoids or constipation or any of that kind of stuff, but just like as a preventative measure. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit more what that ad focuses on, for example. Got um, it. So it's, it's, it could be switching a little bit of the focus or the like where you're, what features of the product you're focusing on or, or what demographic you're focusing on. Um, another really nice thing, if you have created a world where where the funny and all that kind of stuff can take place. Mm -hmm. Like for example, with fiber fix, you can bring back the same character and tell a new kind of portion of the story. Like if you look at the, the fiber fix videos we did, the first one focuses a lot more on how fiber fix works. Mm -hmm. The second video that we did focuses a lot more on why that's important to you. Cause ultimately it's going to save you time and money. Cause there, there's always a different fix for anything that's broken. That mm -hmm. might be like more perfect than fiber fix, but you're not going to have all those parts in your garage. If you just have one roll of fiber fix that can fix any number of things. And then you can be back to doing your work and doing your job and, and then not running to the store and spending all that time and money. And so that that's what that one focused in a lot um, on a lot more. And so um, I think it's, it's reapplying learnings that you get from customer feedback after your first video is out there. That's an, uh, one way to address it. And that, that's, that was the, both the case for fiber fix as well as it was for, um, as well as it was for squatty potty. Mm -hmm. Those, those were additional learnings that they had. And See, oh, go ahead. no, you go ahead. You finish your thought. Your thought. No, I lost it. So we're good. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Do you think that there is something to be said in creating less content and keeping reusing what you already have? Um, there is, um, I, I would say always double down on what's working the best you can. We do, we do our best to make sure our content is evergreen. 
Okay. It'll last as long as possible. Like you said, some of these videos, you've seen ads on them three and four years later. And that's like, that's totally fine. Um, Facebook's algorithms and YouTube algorithms very much favor the now. So they're there as, as stuff gets older, that their algorithm that are kind of penalized against them. Like if you're running an ad that's been uploaded for like five, five years, yeah, like they, that, that gets, that's penalizing, but there's an also an offset that happens with that. If you have a lot of social proof, what I mean by social proof is reactions, comments, shares, all those types of things on the video, the, the views, Mm-hmm. Like that also carries a lot of weight when people watch a video like, oh, wow, this has a million views. I should pay attention to this. Oh, my gosh, look how many people have shared this. Like that that has a psychological effect and there's a benefit to that one. Um, and so it's a little bit of a balancing act. That I, you, I, as a creative, you always want to be testing new new things to see if there's something that's working better um, and wherever possible have ongoing content. A lot of the a lot of the deals that we do with our clients now um, are very much focused on long portfolios of content to be able to do not just one big, you know, recognizable video, but all sorts of little supporting content for that world. And so um, that's all part of just building a brand over time. And so I I would say um, there's always a new approach to, to telling your story. And if you're stuck, you know, it's, it's about bringing in people that, they can think of the problem a little bit differently in the same way of like, if you're stuck and you can't get jokes, you just bring in someone that's, that's funny, you know, <laughs> on this subject by bringing somebody in, if you guys are wanting to figure out how you can make your business funny, they have an awesome solution for you over at the Harmon brothers. Why don't you give us the quick deal on what Harmon brothers university is all about? Yeah. So Harmon brothers university.com. We basically taken the, We've taken the exact training that we give our internal writers for writing an ad that sells, for making um, an ad funny, all those types of things, and we've distilled it down into um, this course, and it's available at harmonbrothersuniversity.com. There's also, um, just if you want, if you're just concentrating on making your ad funny, um, there's, we have a comedy course. It's uh, how to make your ad how to make your ad funny. Let me, gosh, I don't even know if I have the URL for that, but I'm, I'm sure you can provide the link there. Um, uh, so there's the, here's how to write your, write an ad that sells. And then we have another one. I think it's harmonbrothersuniversity.com slash, it's either slash funny or slash comedy. I can't remember. Let, let me look it up on my own computer so I don't <laughs> see. Sorry, I should Sorry. sorry, you're breaking up. Oh, sorry. I um, thank you so much for taking time to, to talk with me today, oh, yeah. Daniel. It was awesome. I think that you gave us so much great information. And guys, if you want to learn more about Harmon Brothers, check out Harmon Brothers University as well as follow them over on Instagram at Harmon.brothers. They're always doing really great stuff. And they have a really awesome new podcast called Poop to Gold that you can check out as well. Thank you again for being on the show, Daniel. It was awesome. Thank you, Desiree. <laughs> All right, guys. And like we always say, military life is never goodbye. To see you soon. So until next time, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to Marketing for Your Boring Business. If you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share social media. Want more? Subscribe to Marketing for Your Business. And by all on social media.